Hey, guess what? You're listening to Author to Author with Megan Atwood. You are pretty freaking cool. My brain stops thinking and I find a little bit more control. I don't know what's going on. Do you, do you want to put the microphone up? Like this. Oh my God. I really wish this were a vlog right now because people can see. A, vlo- a vlog cast? A vlog cast. Is that a thing? Yeah. It is. Oh, my God. This is awesome. You know what? I wish that I could. Hold on. (laughs) We're going to take a break. Hold on. Okay, we're back. Hey, that's way better. It was just like the the pop thing was covering. I'm smiling like I am on video. (laughs) Yes, Megan. You really are. Oh, hey, this is Beth Bresnoff. Hi. And you are listening to Author to Author. And just in case um, you didn't listen the first time, there will be swearing. And this time with someone who also swears. <laughs> so that is really exciting to have somebody at my level for this thing. Well, not at your level. I mean, ish. Let's just say <laughs> I ish. Mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say we're at the same level. No, that's true. I'm way higher than you. Ooh. Ow. Ooh. Burn. Sick burn. Yeah, burn. <laughs> Dang! Oh, dang! It's my favorite Beth. How much, how much of this so far are you gonna have to cut out? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yes. So, I just want to say first of all that Beth works at Capstone Publishing, and so do I. Mm-hmm. And um, everything we say here does not reflect on Capstone. No, no, and can God, never no. go back to Capstone. No. So, everybody just. Pretend you didn't know that. So this is Beth Bresnoff, Editorial Director of Trade at Capstone Publishing. Do you want to tell us what you do? I'm one of the three major editorial directors. The major ones. (laughs) Michael Dahl, if you're listening, we love you so much. We do. Yes. Yeah. And we know you're listening. Um, What was your question? What What do do you do? do? Like, what Um, do you do? Well, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) You do it every day. Will you cut this part out? I'll tell you what I told Heather, which is if you're going to make a mistake, make sure there are a lot of spaces before and after so that we can cut it out. Space. Space. (laughs) Okay, so I'm the editorial director for the trade and consumer um, business, which um, basically means the books that go into bookstores Mm -hmm. or are sold at places like Target or Walmart, that kind of place. Um, And so I head up a awesome team of editors working on those kinds of books and also books for school libraries Mm -hmm. and classrooms and just basically anything that we think is going to make kids excited about reading that's the kind of book that we want to make wow you pulled that together really fast she didn't know I was going to ask her that that was really good I probably should be able to articulate (laughs) what I do that was actually not very good considering really no I thought it was really good oh thanks Megs I give it I give it a six out of five Hmm. Um, so let's talk about library versus trade because that was like a huge, okay so first of all um, Capstone does a lot of work for higher books or it's not intellectual property that's yeah, another thing I mean it is it is ish I don't know anyway so we hire a lot of authors to write for us and we concept in house so how is that different than trade stuff just for any newbies out there like my dad who's listening like oh, the one hi. listening Hey, my dad. dad. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't think it is that different, really. I mean, what we in the trade group, we might acquire more from agents and authors than the the folks who you know mostly are working on library product do. Um, but we use all kinds of different models to to source our our content. So it's really kind of across the board. I mean, for an author, though, it's way different, right? Like, so I've written, I think, something like 35 library books, but my trade books are considered debut mm -hmm. for some people. Mm -hmm. So why, why is there a difference there? Tell us why, tell us why everything is weird. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, I mean, your, your point about being considered a debut maybe more about like the genre that you're debuting into you know you haven't written like strictly YA I have though but like not that are sold in bookstores maybe yeah not, I mean it's definitely for libraries yeah I mean and it's reluctant reader stuff yeah so yeah I don't know I don't know the answer to your I question know, it's, well that makes me feel better because I've been working in publishing for a really long time on many different fronts, and I still can't quite figure out why. Well, it and here's a here's a really good like kind of counterpoint to what we're saying, what you're saying, which is that you know you wrote the Dear Molly, Dear Olive books. I did, which I we, did, uh, <laughs> which it was a great idea that I came up with and hired you. This was before you worked at High Five. We just high fived. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it was a good one too. <laughs> this is why it should be a vlog cast. I know, right? Because I don't always do that well. That was a really good one. I know. Yeah. Um, but so the Dear Molly, Dear Olive story books that you wrote, those were um, intended for our library market. Mm -hmm. They're also being sold into trade. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think like at, in, internally at Capstone, we, we put these boundaries on the work, but it's not as much, the outside world doesn't perceive it the same way that we do. I know. Isn't that funny? Mm -hmm. Well, and we perceive it differently per publishing company too, which I think is also interesting. You know, like you don't. No, She's staring do at mean? me. With what do you mean? What, which <laughs> publishing companies? I guess just, um, I guess just the ones that I've worked for, I guess, have been so trade focused. Mm -hmm. And so when you say library, it's not like products made specifically for the library. It's right. like how to get trade into school libraries, right. which is right. a different yeah. way to think about things. Totally. You might be doing a different binding or mm -hmm. you might be marketing it differently or whatever. Yep. Yeah. That was a big thing. So um, when I was trying to do the whole flex thing, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't know anything. I mean, thank you, Llewellyn, for letting a really stupid person try to drive a whole bunch of things. But I didn't know. They're like, yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> like, we just sold it, so. <laughs> but I mean, I didn't, I didn't even understand all the stuff that um, needed to happen to get a book into the library, including like binding and stickering. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's just this whole huge process and like business it is part. It, yeah and it, you know when you put that in the context of like how you know a few years ago it, all, everything in the news was librarians librarians were being fired and um they were getting rid of the media center and replacing it with computers oh, and all that right. stuff yeah it's amazing that they that schools were just like oh you don't need any expertise for this right you don't need to know you know anything about these codes and stickers and barcodes and different kinds of mm -hmm. what i mean even just like like i 
I've worked in lib- in school library publishing for 11 years, and I could not be a librarian. I, there's no way. No way. I can't imagine being a teacher who had never done that before or, like, a parent volunteer. Oh, my God, no. And trying to figure that out. Like, Shout out to Sarah com- Swanson and Robin. Sure. <laughs> it's very... I just blanked on Robin's last name, too. It was terrible. Anyway, we'll two librarians. We'll out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very specialized knowledge. It's it a, really is. It's yeah. really, um, it's a talent and an art. And I think people, well, many people, like for instance, in the current administration, not that this is a political podcast. Right. <clears throat> <laughs> so what do you like most about your job? Wait, don't answer that. I need to explain why I'm talking to you because this is a podcast called Author to Author. And here I am talking to an like an editorial director so what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck here's the fuck um i don't have a lot of time (laughs) 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 it's the beginning of of that sentence but also um i thought it'd be really kind of cool to talk to editors or agents um uh, when I'm not talking to authors about favorite books and what's going on, so it's like a real chill conversation. Yes, I'm gonna open up my Goodreads so I can. <laughs> she got so she's so bored already. She picked no. up her phone. <laughs> oh, look what's happening on Twitter! <laughs> You're no, like, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I needed to get my. Uh, I don't remember what I read. I was actually just having a conversation about this last night. I can never remember what I've read, so. I need to open my Goodreads and um, look at the list. Oh, look at that. I read a book called The Devils You Know. Oh, my God. I've heard it uh, so bad. A couple days ago. Yeah, yeah, no, I loved it, actually. We're going to talk about that and what it's like to read a friend's book because oh I think that is a... Well, I'm used to it because I'm married to a writer, so... I know, but you get to, like... I mean, that's different than even a friend, though, right? Like, when you're married to someone... It is different than a friend, yes, <laughs> when you're when you're married to someone... When People on your podcast are going to be like, she's mean to you. Well, they'll know the truth then, won't they? Because I'm not cutting any of this out. Madam. 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 High five. That was oh, two. another good one. My hand hurt. It <laughs> <laughs> was a little rough. <laughs> All right. Well, that was because you were very mean to me. Um, no, I was going to ask, what do you like about your job most? What do I like about my job? I like, um, I like, I do a lot of spreadsheets. And I like that. She does like spreadsheets. I do. Guys. I really yeah. do. I think that they're like the foundation for creativity. And she's can I can I out you on your Myers Briggs and your and like everything sure. we ever do? Yeah. So she's an ENFP ish. ENFJ? I don't know. I get a different thing every time I take the test. I I can't like I know too much about it, so I always She's a I'm, chameleon. Because I'm Slytherin. Yes, she's very Slytherin. And I love that you just like <laughs> <laughs> like sibilantly whisper <laughs> that and she's also a Scorpio yeah and you're also a sale I'm a sale which we just took the predictive index I did I talk about this in my last podcast I can't imagine not having talked about this in every conversation <laughs> I didn't listen to it yet Megan what Come on. Well, you know, in the car on the way over, I told Steve, oh, I should have listened to the podcast. I have no idea what to expect. <laughs> and he goes, well, you could probably expect Megan. <laughs> that's, no, that's accurate. Yeah, right. expect. So I'm sorry. Expect Megan. I was busy reading your book. You know, you've done a lot. I have. You've I had really to do a lot of friend stuff oh, lately. I, I know. Really I know. I'm, I'm buying you dinner. It's not that big of a deal. Um, what was I saying? Um, the, being a sale. 
Oh, being a sale. So the predictive index has it's this very short test you take. If I didn't talk about this last, right? It's two pages, mm-hmm. and on each one, so the first page is like a list of um, qualities or qualities, adjectives, adjectives. Like, yeah, yeah, describing how a person might act basically or be perceived. And so the first one is you check off the boxes of the ones you think you're supposed to be or people expect you to be what you think people think of you yeah Yeah. and then the next one is what you think of yourself and then they use that to somehow magically describe you in a way that you've never been seen before (laughs) my type was asshole yeah Um, your type was like nice asshole nice has yeah nice asshole so we're both sales yeah and we want to get sales s-a-i-l-s not s-a-l-e-s no um we want to get things done pretty quickly and we don't like details which Mm -hmm. to bring it back to our original point is why I'm so surprised you love spreadsheets it's kind of crazy yeah I don't know what to say to that yeah what do you like about them um I like how easily they're manipulated (laughs) Scorpio Slytherin and scene (laughs) (laughs) well and I do think like when I when I said they're building blocks for creativity or a foundation for creativity I really believe that like so if if it's my job to kind of pave the I don't know I'm gonna lose my metaphors are gonna get mixed but if it's my job to like you know lay the foundation for the creative work that we do Mm -hmm. then I'm gonna do that you know I'm gonna do it in a way that's like as clear and as easy to understand and as useful as I can and I think that's why I love spreadsheets it's like getting to determine the structure of a like you get to sort of build the building exactly yeah that's pretty cool yeah that's salesy sure definitely yeah so you like the spreadsheets what else do you like um i love brainstorming like you know just kind of ideation sitting around and talking about ideas but i will say that what frustrates me about that is next steps right you know i love having the ideas i hate like then you have to go through the business part of and I, I mean not the business part I like the business part but like the let's vet this idea let's yeah. talk about who could write this idea let's talk you know that the part. details yeah exactly <laughs> exactly following through on something mm-hmm. yeah what made okay so before you came to Capstone you worked at Simon and Schuster right mm-hmm. how long four and four or six years four or six. <laughs> I was there um I interned there again for, Michael sorry, we love you <laughs> I was there for a I interned there for a year, um, and then I worked there for about three years. Did you specifically um, seek out children's books? No, I actually, when I interviewed, I so the summer after my junior year of college, I basically like, you know, sent out resumes um, for every single internship program at every single publisher in New York, mm-hmm. and they were the only ones who called me, <laughs> so it's their fault. Um, <laughs> And I went in assuming that I would work in like literary, you know, mm-hmm. literary fiction um, in one of the adult imprints. And they sized me up right away and were like, you know what, we have, we, we're still filling an opening in our children's division. They're and like, was, you're very immature. Right. You're exactly. going to fit perfectly. You're not smart enough <laughs> to work on adult stuff. Um, so, yeah, but then interestingly, I loved it. I, I worked in the paperback, um, then paperback imprints of Aladdin and Pulse, and I worked there for a year. I absolutely loved it, but then when I when it came time to like apply for a real job, mm-hmm. um, there was an opening in the department that was then called uh, 
Simon or Simon mm. Teen. Is think. this a precursor to Pulse? Was this no Pulse, Pulse was there already? <clears throat> this was like in there more. I don't. I feel like I'm going to say something wrong, and it was like a hundred years ago, so it doesn't matter. But so um, it was more like licensed oh, teen okay. and licensed licensed mm-hmm. publishing. So it was like everything kind of moved from Pulse over there. I, anyway, I'm was this like during the alloy, like the alloy heyday? Do you remember yes, when alloy? It yeah, was, yeah, there was like a huge movement in publishing for that. Yes. for kids' books especially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so we did a lot of that type of stuff. We did like the Charmed books, the Buffy yeah. books, the yep. Angel books. We did Everwood. Um, oh my God! Can I tell you an embarrassing story about that time? Sure. That has to do with big publishers. So remember, I didn't know what I was doing at this age, and I was fairly young when this was going on. And I decided I really wanted to work at a big five, so I applied for this job and I asked for the salary range, that was ridiculous. And the reason I did it is because I did I did this whole like, sell like cost of living mm-hmm. comparison between mm-hmm. Minnesota and I if. Someone didn't print that out and like post Look it. On, yes, and just like ha- do you remember what it was? Do you remember what you asked? Yes, for? I do, and I'm totally not. Are you going to say? Because I'll tell you what I made when I started. Oh my god. Okay, yes, but you're going to laugh so hard, and I really don't need to give you any reasons, any more reasons. But I asked for seventy thousand dollars <laughs> for what position? I think it was like a it was close to a senior editor position. It was like executive editor. I think oh, it was. that's yeah. actually probably not out of line with what an executive editor makes in 2006 yeah I would think so really yeah okay maybe I mean I guess I don't know maybe it was an executive editor because I remember later understanding exactly what I'd done and feeling like like cringy shame mm-hmm. every time mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. yeah well when I started as an editorial assistant I made twenty seven thousand oh dollars so God. yeah 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 I think that's what I made as a I think my title was new submissions editor mm-hmm. for a while. I was 27. Anyway, so you got into that position. And yeah, so I, so right. So I started working at um, Simon Teen and then we sort of changed our focus to become Simon Spotlight Entertainment. It was mm. Simon Spotlight Teen. That's what it was. Okay. And um, so Simon Spotlight Entertainment was like a new adult kind of imprint it was like a pop culture step beyond being a teenager but not like grown up yet so one of our first books um was he's just not that into you so it was romancy too like there was a romance aspect or was this no before they figured out that and they probably worked best in romance yeah no well and it was most it wasn't fiction it was nonfiction. oh okay. so like we did um lewis black's book we did um he's just not that into you um, I edited a book called The Field Guide to the Apocalypse, which was really fun. I edited a book Where called... Where is it, and can we still get it? Yeah, I know. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it focuses a little bit more on, like, zombies than mm. horrible, you know, orange dictators, but... Zombies as metaphors works, right? Maybe. right? Yeah. yeah, I have a copy at home. Sweet. Um, so, yeah, mostly, you know, kind of that, like, college-y, pop culture-y kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And after I left, actually, they they merged into the adult group and now have a different name and all that stuff, and I have no idea what has gone on. But Wow. So, yeah, so it was kind of interesting to work, you know, to go from, like, I thought I really wanted to work on children's books. Oh, well, I work on these books now. Okay, well, that's different. Yeah. But, yeah. Kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so you got the job at Capstone, and that's why you moved back to Minnesota? Like yeah, I, um, I got the job through, so my sister, everybody at Capstone from this era has like a funny way of how they got the job. So my <laughs> sister was best friends with, um, or good friends, I'm not sure they were best friends, you can cut that part out. Um, <laughs> with a woman whose mother was um, the president of Stone Arch Books oh, at that okay. time. And so I asked her, I, I emailed her and I said, you know, I'm, I'm looking for um, publishing jobs outside of New York. I'm just curious, like, if you know, if you could have an interview, in, informational interview with me. And Wait, why? Why? Why did you? Um, I was kind of just done with New York at that mm. point. I was sort of going through like a quarter life crisis and <laughs> just sort of needed like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Just needed to get out, you know. Mm-hmm. And so and and so she agreed to meet with me, and I met her and Michael, and we had Aww. like a great conversation. And I sort of they they gave me some freelance work, and I was sort of like, okay, well that was nice. And if they ever have a job, they'll let me know. They told me that they maybe would have a job in a few months. Mm-hmm. And then like a few weeks later, I got a phone call from HR, wow. and they were like, so we want to offer you the job. Oh my god! I know. And I was like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that I was interviewing for a job, and then I suddenly had to make this decision in like five minutes. Oh my gosh. Did you make it like as you were on the phone or? No, no. I asked for a few days to think about it. I think I knew I was going to do it though. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. And you and Steve were together at this point. We were, we had just gotten back together. Oh my gosh. For people who don't know, <clears throat> I don't know who that is, who might be listening to this. <laughs> but for people who don't know, Beth is married to Steve Bresnoff. Mm-hmm. And really that's her most important accomplishment. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Number one. Yep. Right. Never did anything. I mean, honestly, I probably never did do anything better, but. <laughs> but it is what defines you. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And Steve Bresnoff, if you don't know, then you probably shouldn't listen to this podcast. So. All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I moved here and took the job at Stone Arch. And um, then, yeah, the rest is capstone history. And then you just kept. And I've been there for 11 years. Scrawling and scrabbling your way to the top until mm-hmm. you got editorial director trade. Yeah, I don't know if scrawling is a word, but yeah. It, it is. It is not appropriate <laughs> for what I was trying to say. <laughs> so, so thank you for pointing that out. High five. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Woo! Fine, I'll high five on that. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good catch. You should be an editor. Thanks. I know. Something. I thought about that. Although we have talked about some of the the less fun parts of editing and how they're awful yes yeah we have (laughs) what's your favorite part of your job yeah i love how we go get coffee i like that too that's fun that is really fun Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i like the most about your job i'd say actually i will say this beth is really good at her job like really good she's a really good manager she's very she you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell but she's actually very warm (laughs) and (laughs) <laughs> really intuitive and knows how like I mean it gets really stressful at at Capstone and as it does at any other publisher and she, any other job I mean any other job yeah <clears throat> I think with publishing like some other things too there are definite like I'm gonna blow stress periods though you know it's just yeah. sort of the nature of the beast it's right. just always that way well and at Capstone we're since we are, our main focus is the school library market we're organized around these two warehouse dates every yes, year when yep. our books have to be ready. 
And that means that our books all go out at the same time. So you're not like scattering them throughout the year like right. you would at another publisher. Right. So you've got, you know, 800 books going to press at two different points in the year. Yep. That's not hyperbole. No, by it's the way. literally 800. I mean, overall, it's 800 plus. <clears throat> so it's yeah. a lot of books, man. Yeah. It's a lot of books. And not to mention, um, we've got those, our database products and our, you know, Capstone Interactive ebooks. And there's just a lot going on so I would say I still don't understand 75% of the company yeah. and what they do mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. yep that is partially because there's a lot going on and um, probably mostly because I am choose my, not to because it's like <laughs> I don't need to know so screw it um, okay so tell us like what what is one of your favorite capstone books you've worked on um I've loved all of the books that I've worked on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can I talk about a few? Yeah, sure. So wait. Okay, we're back. Some of us are a little more hydrated, which is great. She even had to take a vitamin. A vitamin. <laughs> I'm powered up. Survive this, the next half of this. Okay, so we were talking about capstone books you love, and you yep. wanted to do a few. Yeah. So um, one of this, it's a series that I that I'm super proud of is, of course, Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Really, really love those books. I think Gwenda Bond, who's the author, has done just an absolutely incredible job of really inhabiting Lois and bringing mm-hmm. her into um, kind of full focus, full, you know, really embodying. Um, Lois and so those books are fantastic and they're more fun every time I read them like she's it's one of the few series I think where they get better you know the books get better as you go yes so yeah they're kind of Veronica Mars kind of Buffy a little bit why haven't I read these I don't know you should wow they're really good um and she's just like a kick-ass character yeah so that was really really fun um, I also edited a book a couple of years ago called Scrap City, which yeah. is a super sweet middle grade about a boy who discovers this underground city populated by, um, well, they're called scrappers, but they're, they seem sort of like robots, but they're not robotic. They're living beings made of scraps, basically, if you can kind of imagine that. And it's just, in, there's a point in the, in the book where, I mean, I must have read that book. 10 times as I was editing it and there's a point that always makes me cry and it's just such a good book I highly recommend it even if I weren't the editor I would highly recommend it (laughs) I believe that um so that was really really great to work on and then I mean it's hard to pick you know every I I love everything that I worked have worked on Mm -hmm. so this one's going to surprise you so one of the one of the first series that I worked on at Capstone was Jake Maddox and surprise yeah Jake Maddox is for those of you who aren't familiar it's a series of sports stories mm-hmm. um, aimed at you know around the third grade level third to fifth grade level um, and I'm like the opposite of a sports person I don't know the different sports I don't know who plays what or what teams are what or what balls go with what sport or anything mm-hmm. but football goes with soccer just so you know okay that's but what yeah. I thought mm-hmm. good and it actually does, right? Yeah, it does. <laughs> See what I did there? Da, 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 da. Ah. Wow. Um, 
<laughs> but I th- and I so I didn't like I won't say that I loved the process of editing those books, mm-hmm. but I really love what they are. Like they're it's we I don't know how many there are. There must be a hundred books in that series mm-hmm. at this point, and they sell really well and they're just like kids who love them, love them. Jake Maddox gets, gets more fan mail than any other author at Capstone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's it's just like an unbelievable series, and I feel really proud to have been part of the beginnings of it. Like we spent a day way back in the beginnings of um, my career at Capstone. We spent a day with a whiteboard and male names, trying to figure out wow. what would be the author's name for these books because it's we you know it's the Jake Maddox series, but they're um, they're all written by different work for hire authors. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, yeah. so those are some of my favorites. Those are good favorites. <clears throat> I really need to read Lois Lane Double Down. No, that's the second one. Follow. It's the first one. Follow. And then it's the first Double one. Down and then Triple Threat. Is Triple Threat out yet, or is that? It comes out in May. Ooh, oh, mm-hmm. that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there a great big billboard in, in? There was. Yeah, we had a billboard in Times Square on the pub date um in 2005 so yeah wow yeah that's really cool yeah that's interesting about the jake maddox i didn't realize you were there when it originated because right now i edited all those books wow yeah so i started a year ago at capstone and one of my first projects was jake maddox jv Mm -hmm. and people talk about it like i don't i mean it's just such a fixture of capstone it's like capstone basically right. yeah that is a really cool thing to start oh and i should uh, i as we were saying that i made me remember that um i also started kylie jean no you didn't yeah look at you i acquired the first book so those aren't they're not strictly work for hire the way that the rest of our that much of our stuff is so the author is a um, woman named marcy peschke and she wrote this manuscript and i worked with her really really closely to make it so the first one was blueberry queen um, and we worked on it really closely to make mm-hmm. it into what I think is one of Capstone's foundational series, mm-hmm. you know, in fiction. So definitely, that's my favorite part about editing is working really closely with the author for shaping. Mm-hmm. It's the whole reason I actually went back to get my MFA too, because I was like, the marketing part is harder, you know, like trying to position it and trying yeah. to make sure that what was always heartbreaking for me was um, loving a series so much and then having it just not go anywhere. Well, that's the thing. You can't control it. You know, there's some things you can do. And if you have a lot of money, you can do more. You know, you can pay for placement and that kind of thing. But the best, I think one of the most frustrating things about publishing is that the best book can go out into the market and do nothing. Yep. Meanwhile, garbage books Mm -hmm. can go out and sell millions of copies. And neither one is guaranteed anything you know it's that's it can be really heartbreaking and hard it really can especially when you fall in love with a book right and when you get to you know when you have your own line you don't do anything but the ones that you fall in love with you Mm -hmm. know so that was always really hard but Mm -hmm. I loved that that initial stage when you're like oh my god this thing is almost there if we just do these few things it's gonna it's gonna knock it out of the park I like that part yeah I do not like applying for CIP I found (laughs) That part I don't like at all <laughs> about editing. Not at all. Okay, so next question. Is there, um, like, what are you reading right now that aren't capstone related? Right now I'm reading a collection of short stories by Ursula K. Le Guin. Ooh, what made you decide to do that? Um, I've got this stack of to-be-read books on my, like, you know, next to my bed, and it's uh, taller than I am, and 
She's very short, though. I, just so you I know. am. Yeah. But it's still pretty tall. <laughs> and uh, none of like I'm. They're all. I'm sure they're all going to be great. You know, when I read them. But none of them were like calling to me. Um, and I just read a couple of books that I felt were very male. Mm-hmm. Um, the Devils, you know, being one of them. No, your book was not male. Not male <laughs> at all. Although there is a, like you do a really good job of inhabiting a male character. I thought. Thank you. But so yeah, like I, um, I, I basically just wanted to read something by a woman, mm-hmm. and I think I wanted to read something more speculative because I can't handle the world right now. Right. And nothing would feel like no realistic mm-hmm. contemporary fiction would feel the way that actually contemporary realistic the world feels like right it's now. not true anymore. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like what kind of world do you live in? Seriously. Oh, I'm so sorry that you didn't love you back. Right. The world's exactly. going to end. Exactly. Like- <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're such a sad man. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking, I bet you in, in about two years, we're going to find like the most depressing. Just, dy- I, I don't think it'll go dystopian necessarily, but I think it's going to be a lot of speculative and I think it's going to be, Thinly veiled metaphor and allegory, and mm-hmm. I kind of can't wait. Like, I want them now because I need them right now, too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, you should check. I mean, she, so I find her really, at least this collection, I haven't, I don't think I've read that much by her, but this collection is super, um, the stories are super dense, mm-hmm. but they're amazing. So there's this, the first story is something about seeds. I can't remember what the title is, but it, um, it's basically about the languages of different beings. So, like, okay. ants have a language. Um, I'm not going to... You can cut this part out because... <laughs> wait. There's a sign. Okay. Now you'll know where to cut. Chances um, are nothing is getting cut out oh to see that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's just... I mean, I just found it really, really beautiful and moving. But they're, they're really dense. And I'm a, an extremely fast reader. So... And by which I mean I skip a lot of words. You and me both. Yeah. Yep. So mm-hmm. I um, dense is not necessarily good, but it is forcing me to kind of slow down a little bit to understand. I have to go back pages a lot oh, of the time. Oh, gosh, you know? yeah. I have to do that a lot. I have to do that a lot in TV shows. <laughs> <clears throat> like, what am I doing? Right. While I'm, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> what was happening? Well, I head? know what I'm doing. I'm also playing Sudoku and texting with three people <laughs> during TV. I don't do that while I'm reading, but. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, let's talk about blurb. Okay, so I just had to send my book out for blurbs. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, wracking. it's awful. It's I mean, like, <laughs> there's a cat here. My cat just came up, and the look, the withering look. That was not a withering look. It was surprise. <laughs> which cat? It's okay, baby. Which cat is that? This is Genevieve. She's the friendly one. Yeah, she's. Yep. Hi, Genevieve. She's in love with Beth right now. See, this is, you're right. This would be a really good video. <laughs> Instead of me describing what's going on There's in real time. There's a cat butt right in my face. My gosh, it's like right in there too. Hmm. Um, yeah, so the whole blurbing thing has been, luckily the people that I've had to ask do are. Do you think blurbs are valuable? Yes, I do. As a reader, do you think they're valuable? Yes. I mean, to an extent. So it's hard for me to answer that question because I'm, you know, this is my life. Yeah. And has been for yeah. years. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's but, also kind of cognitive, cognitive dissonance if you were like, no. Right. <laughs> I'm spending all this time and effort and worry on something that doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I think it, okay. So as a reader, 
Um, if I were really into like Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo, then I would pay attention if she said, I like this book. So I think in those cases, it really works. I think a lot of times the blurbs are for the industry, more yeah. for the reader, though. Yeah. And I do think that that's helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, so <coughs> if you have a really good blurber, if you have someone who, first of all, knows how to blurb well and who also has a name, unfortunately, as crappy as that is. Um, well, it's really hard to give a blurb when you don't have a name. It's true. You know. <laughs> it's true. Um, what do you What do you put on on the line? Like, just a blank line. Anonymous. Yeah. Just anonymous. But that's weird though, because of WikiLeaks. It's weird for a lot of reasons, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Wait, not WikiLeaks, right? I don't know. Not WikiLeaks. I don't know what I'm talking no, about. No, the to be group anonymous, you. the right. hacking group, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. And the thing is, is like I asked friends of mine to blurb. So, um, but see, this is this is the thing. Like, and I understand that you are not going to change your mind about blurbs and probably shouldn't right now. But I don't think they're valuable as a reader. I, I, I mean, probably because I'm so like I've seen the blurbing process mm-hmm. happen from multiple angles. Mm-hmm. But like when I look at a book and I see a bunch of blurbs on the back, I'm just like, well, that guy's friends with that guy. That's exactly that what guy's it is. agent knows that guy's agent, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, I also don't ever trust anyone else's reading opinion. Mm-hmm. There's a couple people who have one of the, this is a weird one. This there's, do you know who Emily Gould is? Mm-hmm. So she occasionally will say something about loving a book on Twitter. I follow mm-hmm. her on Twitter. Um, and, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I have to read that book because I love books that she recommends. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but mo- but like, unless it were her, right? You know. <clears throat> well, I think you're like pegging a problem with the industry overall, which is it is all about who you know. Right. It's all about networking. It's awful because that also, like, of course, reinforces racism and institutionalized everything. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. But it's also. Um, People do look at it. Unfortunately, it is just kind of what's going on. So I think the the goal then is to like I know people who are like I'm only going to blurb marginalized voices. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is the way to raise that up. So I mean, there's definitely there are problems with it, and there are problems with the whole. But we just got really deep, really dark all of a sudden. Well, but you like, did. I'm no, you, you threw us right down. <laughs> it's her fault. Because I, I said I don't think blurbs matter, so now I'm being argued with. <laughs> no, I'm actually agreeing with you, though. Like, I think right. that there's a whole systemic issue with them, mm-hmm. you know? So like, I just think mostly they're pointless. They're not meaningful. They're not. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You know. Thank you. No, I mean. Thanks for coming. <laughs> just kidding. I guess, and also, I don't think they can hurt. You know, I'm not convinced that they help, but I don't think they can hurt. So one of the things in throwing, um, it's just they're a landmine too. Like I can't imagine what I'm going to say when I'm asked if anyone asks me to blurb ever. Like one person has asked me to blurb, and I was like, I don't. No one knows me. Like (laughs) this isn't a good thing to do. It's also, um, yeah, I think it's difficult for people who are being asked to blurb because they might not like the book and then they're in a weird position or, you know, I mean, or so let's say you do like it's the a book. big favor to ask of somebody, you know, I, I mean, know. Stop. Yeah. no, I think it's, a, I maybe we should talk about something else. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to go into my room and stop for a little bit and okay. then we'll come out. I'll be yeah. right. I'll just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and then furthermore, no, <laughs> but that was the thing. Like it, 
in asking other people to blurb, it's like, I'm saying sign on to everything in here, right? So like if I do something that's insensitive in there and they blurb it, you know what I mean? Like there's there are just so many landmines in there. Yeah. So it felt like sending these out was so hard. And I got, and I mean, these are people that I know and trust and adore, but it felt like, I'm really sorry I'm asking for this. Mm -hmm. But it's also as a debut author, like it's a way to sort of it's almost like a like you're a debutante yeah getting sort of announced into the yeah you know and and this is your way to do it like right. this is your way into the society because industry the industry is so i mean kids lit is so i want to say insular but i never say that word right insular 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 <laughs> incestuous maybe yeah a little bit that said the woman married to Steve Bresnov. How is that incestuous? It's totally incestuous. He's well, not it's my not brother. literally incestuous. Like, the the industry is not literally incestuous as far as I know. Do you know something? I don't that? know. God. Oh, <laughs> hey, okay, so speaking of that, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about being asked to read somebody's book. So, oh, God, yeah. Beth, very, <laughs> let me start over. So my YA book coming out in the fall is a horror book. And Beth was like, I, I want to read your book. She's a good friend, and she's a nice person. And I was like, you cannot read my book. You can't read it. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. <laughs> and then we'll never be able to be friends again. It's going to be awful. Um, and I insisted. Because <laughs> she's was like, a good I'm friend. Willing, I'm willing to take that chance. Let's see what happens. I survived a long time without your friendship. I'll do right. it again. Yeah. Like 35 years. I'll be fine. <laughs> so um, I gave it to her, and Steve was saying that you like you, you both set it on the table, and you're both looking at it like, what if we hate this? Right. Like, what do we do if right. we hate this? Right. Because it's a big thing. Like, what happens? Has that ever happened to you? I'm going to say that <clears throat> Beth is either a very good liar, or she at least was able to get through my book and not... I barely loved your book. I thought it was great. Thank I really you. did. Um, I absolutely hate reading things by people I know. I know, right? It's made difficult by the fact that I'm married to a writer. Mm -hmm. um, I remember one time, Steve, that's, that's not your water, Kitty. That's my water. She calls me Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> one time, Steve asked me to read a draft of one of his books. I don't remember which one. And um, and I, you know, I'm an editor, so I picked up my pen and started reading and editing it, and oh he was pissed. And looking back, like, of course he was. That's not what he asked me to do, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, it's difficult because I think it's a fine line between the person wants your input and the person wants reassurance that mm -hmm. it's okay or that they're doing it right. And I think it's different at manuscript stage, too, than reading an arc. Like, mm -hmm. I wanted to read your arc you know, because I wanted to know about this big important thing that's coming out in mm -hmm. the world for you. And, I, you know, even if I had hated it, it, it would be important to me as your friend to be reading it and to be able to talk about it and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't, I can't think of anybody. I mean, I wouldn't want you to say anyone's name or anything. No, but, but yeah. I really can't think of many books that I've read that I that I know the the author and I hated. Um, it does sometimes make it a little bit hard because you know the person and it's like, 
oh, there's that tick that they do that kind of annoys me in real life. Mm-hmm. And, um, or like <laughs> what you said about oh yeah, the sex stuff in <laughs> in Megan's book was weird because it's like I don't know. There's like some dirty stuff, and I was like, oh god, how much of this is true? Em- <laughs> Empowering <laughs> dirty stuff. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, well, so that's a really good like when you're writing no matter what you're there right like I can inhabit a character as much as I want but there's going to be part of my personality that comes out in each character right and so when you're a friend reading someone else's book you're like which part like is this a part that's you or is this a part you know oh my god my husband wrote a (laughs) wrote a book about a boy who is a little bit in love with his sister (laughs) and my husband also wrote a book about a ma- a boy who wants kind of wants to be a girl, and my husband also wrote a book about a non-binary main character. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, that can be. <laughs> yeah, are you trying to tell me something, right. honey? Or <laughs> we can just talk. You, right. know? you don't right. have to write three books in a row. And <laughs> right, you don't have to get a deal with Harper Collins to you know <laughs> to speak to me about your your truths. Um, but yeah, no, I don't remember how we got into that topic. But I was just talking about what it's like. Oh uh, right, yeah. right. Um, I'm getting a call from Pescadera, California, which I actually believe is our DoorDash thing. Oh. So, hey, everybody, this is yet another break. If this um, if this podcast had ads, this is where an ad would be. For Pad Thai on Grand That's in St. Right. Paul. That's where we, which we ordered through DoorDash. Okay, so our food came, and we were just right in the middle of a really important discussion, but food is more important. I honestly I don't even remember what we were talking about. What? Do you? Yeah. What was it? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking, oh, if you write, oh. no matter what, there you are. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So we're going to sign off now. This is another non-fun podcast episode. Terrible. I know. We were both really nervous. And Hi, Megan's dad. What's his name? Larry. Hi, Larry. Larry, uh, really sorry about the F word earlier. Love you. That was just Megan, not me. Yeah. <laughs> was I threw my voice okay thank you for coming Beth and thanks Thanks, for listening and then my um sign off which I can't decide whether is or not it's really mean or not is keep writing but probably keep your day job no I think that's genius actually pretty accurate yeah yeah all right thank you bye. bye